Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Today, we have Heather Gardner on the show. She is a TV host. She's been host of uh, Entertainment Weekly, uh, Queeby. Did I say that right? Quibi? Quibi. Uh, today, <laughs> coincidentally, today is the anniversary of the year that it died. Rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> Quibi. I can't keep up. It's a good day to get okay. the name wrong. Okay. <laughs> Huffington Post, yep. Yahoo Entertainment, and she's currently host of the Hey America show, which is a game show where you can make money. Yeah. That's, it's uh, quite Win a money. pivot. Yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that you're here. And maybe you you can give me me. some tips too, because you're used to be on camera. You're so, you're so witty and quick thinking. Sometimes I go blank when I'm interviewing people. (laughs) But sometimes I do too. (laughs) Do you? But I mean, that's just because I know you're a talker too. So I was like, okay, cool. Definitely. (laughs) So today you, I mean, you're very successful, but we're not going to talk about your work as much as we're going to talk about your marriage today. Perfect. To your lovely husband, My lovely husband. He's going to love this so much. Yes. Talk (laughs) all the dirty details. (laughs) Okay. So let's rewind to the beginning. Yes. Because you guys have been together for a long time. Oh my God. You met in school, right? Yes. And I don't even want to say how long because it just makes me feel so old. Oh, come on. 11, almost 11 years. 11 years. And you met in college? Yes. We met in college, which if you're doing the math, I'm old. No. uh, Yeah. So we, uh, I was actually interning here in Los Angeles and we lived in the same like student housing building while he was in school too. And yeah, that's how we met. As I say, the rest is history. Shortest (laughs) podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So who, okay. How did you guys get together? Were you friends first? No, No, no. This was one of those like it's it's kind of crazy because I talk to people now who are in the dating world and I've been out of it for more than a decade yeah. now, but it was really just like on the cusp of, you know, before everything changed where you had to like meet people in person. Like Twitter existed and Facebook existed. Instagram didn't even exist yet, which meant, you know, Tinder and all of these apps that we use nowadays didn't exist. And so we literally just met at like a dorm party. Uh, and I just walked in and I, I had just moved to Los Angeles. So I was feeling like really lonely. It was the first time I was ever away from my family, my state, um, you know, my, my college friends. And I was just really lonely and kind of had like this idea that I was like going to meet a guy. And I'm like, yeah, who, who in this like group of people do I want to talk to? And I like honestly zeroed in on him and I was like, he's the cutest one. So I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> and like, he kind of had that same connection with me from across the room, just like a, just like a little movie. And, um, a few weeks later we, I like knocked on his door. I was the one who made the first move. I knocked on his door. I found out where he lived from his roommate. And I was like, you want to hang out? And we have hung out every day since for the last 11 years. Amazing. Yeah. And were you always pretty bold? Did you like, were you normally the one approaching men no because and that that was my upbringing because I grew up in the south and um it was just very like you know the women were supposed to be waited on you know all these types of things and so I was not I was such a prude I really was waiting for like these boys not not even men boys of my adolescence to to make the first move. And I was feeling really frustrated. That's why I didn't have a boyfriend until I was almost in my 20s. <laughs> you know, because boys are shy too. And then when I got into college, I blossomed a little bit. And then um, moving to California, specifically like Los Angeles, I kind of told myself that I was just going to get out of that shell. Like you were away from that culture. You're away from, you know, what everybody's told you. And like, just say yes to things. And I wasn't even thinking romantically at the time. I was like, you took this 
big leap by coming to California and ha- taking this internship. Like just say yes to experiences. And so when I like zeroed in on him, I was like, well, why do I have to wait? Like I'll just do, I'll just do it. And if I had been if I had waited, I might still be waiting because <laughs> he was like playing video games and he told me like you know later <laughs> that the attraction was there, but he had no plans on like you know I think yeah. he was probably just gonna wait till he passed me in the hall or something. Who knows how long that would have taken? Oh my gosh, that's so funny because Lauren is friends with my husband. Yeah. And it's so funny how similar all the guys in that group are. Yeah, it, it really is. similar. It, it ruins me a lot. Okay, so you've been together since then. And yeah. then did you study similar things together? Because you work together now. You're in the same industry. That's wild and a complete fluke because no, we didn't. So I was studying traditional journalism, wanted to be a television host. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was working at CNN. That's why I moved to Los Angeles um, for this internship. I worked on the very last season of Larry King, so I was very focused. I wanted to be an entertainment news reporter. Um, and Lauren was working. Uh, he was in school studying to be an audio engineer, um, which at the time he wanted to do music, which LA is perfect for that. And mm-hmm. he was, you know, mixing audio tracks and things for his friends. And that's what we basically did on the weekends. Was I? I mean, I, I won't say I'm a singer, but I could carry a tune. So I would like record tracks and he'd mix them with his buddies. And like, that's what he wanted to do. And, and so two vastly different things. And then our worlds kind of collided. It was, I like to call it like a two for one deal that happened. (laughs) So, um, after I had graduated, um, we, you know, were applying for jobs and everything. And I got an offer to go to Indiana to be, um, a, a radio reporter, not television. So you know, a little bit of a stepping stone. Um, But I asked my future boss, I was like, is there anything audio engineer related, music related in Indiana? I had never heard of this little town called Fort Wayne. And I was like, you know, he's looking for a job too. It's just there any, what's the scene like up there? He goes, well, if you come, if you move to Indiana, uh, I'll, I'll hire him too. And so I was like, okay, well, that sounds like a good deal because we graduated right after the financial crash, uh, 2011, and you know, jobs were few and far between at that time, especially for a college couple of college graduates. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll just take that job. And he ended up um, working for a radio station, mixing audio, which he had never thought about doing until it was presented to him. And that's how we both got into the the field together, pretty much. And we've been working together for. I don't even know how many years at this point. It's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a long time. When was the first time you worked together and how was that? Was there an adjustment period? Yes. So when I say we worked together, like in in Indiana, we worked for the same company. We worked um, on the same like similar like radio stations, but we didn't actually like work hand in hand. I was like down the hall doing country music radio. I had my own little show. This feels so like familiar to me. (laughs) Big old like, you know, headphones and microphone. And then he was on the other side um, doing the board, working the audio stuff. Um, And he was doing news. So even though we like worked together, we didn't work on the same content together. And then when we moved back to Los Angeles a few years later, uh, he worked sports, was an executive producer. I did entertainment. So in the same field, you know, working side by side, but not together. The first time we actually like joined forces to work on something together was during the pandemic was, was last year. Was it only last year? <laughs> year <and laughs> last year, year during, during the pandemic, he again was hired um, by Quibi, 
rest in peace again. Um, he was hired by Quibi to be my, you know, camera operator, lights person, whatever, because everything was in our home. And he was, he was truly the only person that I was allowed to have contact with, you know, as we were, as we did during that time. And that's when we started working together again. And then we started doing our own content together, separate of Quibi and really figuring that out. So that was the biggest adjustment period. Working side by side, that came naturally. Working together on like our own projects together, I guess our one project together, that was the adjustment period. Okay. So what uh, I'm sure sure like creative differences come up because he's like, you're oh, yes. super funny. He's super funny too. I'm sure you guys have ideas <laughs> left and right. Uh-huh. So who like... Did you split up tasks? Like in the beginning, I assume, I'm just imagining if I ever did decide to work with <laughs> my husband. How, like we would need to have some clear rules here. Like yeah. you're in charge of this. I need to zip it. And then I'm in charge of this. Yes. I think that probably would have been best if we had come up with that plan in the beginning, but we did it. <laughs> it was, you know, I don't think we really even thought of it as like work at the time. So like to back up just a little bit about what happened. So we get lo- it put in lockdown. We work on my show together um, for Quibi, which was a very, now that, that was easy. Like I have my one job. He has his one job. We have a million bosses telling us what to do, but somewhere in there, um, around the time that Donald Trump was telling everyone to drink bleach, (laughs) um, (laughs) we decided to like post our own videos, um, content wise. And it was just something that we had always, like I had always done because I have my social media presence and, you know, he'll help me with the, you know, flip on the camera and stuff. But it was the first time that he was actually interested in the content that I, that I did. And no offense to Kim Kardashian, but he didn't care about when I reported on her. But all of a sudden there was this element, um, that we could share and that we can bond over. And so we just started posting videos and I would write a little script and he would write a little script and we'd tweak a little bit. And then we just went and, you know, we didn't, we never intended to go viral. We never intended to like make it a full-time thing. So we were just learning as, as we went and we were doing it simultaneously with our other full-time job. So it was just kind of fitted in whenever we could. So there wasn't really any structure. There wasn't really a, you do this, you do this. Now we kind of have that figured out. Like Lauren's now home, um, working on Hey America. He's writing up scripts. He's, you know, handling the writing stuff. But the the way that it's divided now is both executive producers. Um, he usually, he and I will usually come up with an idea. We'll kind of mull it over for a little while, decide, yes, we're going to do it or no, we're going to not do it. Um, and then we, we both kind of split the writing duties. He's much better at starting something and like forming it all out. And I'm much better at the end, like coming in and like tweaking those types of things. So he handles a lot of the writing, but for me, I'm the only one of us that edits. So when these videos come out, like so much of my time is dedicated to editing the video. So while he's writing, I'll edit. And then I'll come in at the end to just tweak things. Then he'll set up everything while I get into hair and makeup. Then we film. He produces me as we go, like inflections. If I'm like, you know, the camera's here, so I'll just like, you know, <laughs> if I'm sitting here talking or whatever, he'll, you know, do it, try it like this, try it like this. We work really well together like that. And then as soon as it's done, then I hand it, like he hands it to me, the tape to me basically, or digital files. I guess it's not a tape anymore, but hands me the digital files and I go into edit while he like starts the next one. So that's that's kind of how it was. But at, in the beginning, there was it was just a free for all. <laughs> it's okay. So what happens when there is a disagreement? Like what if, like do, does he ever get offended if you don't like his idea? Yeah, yeah. And I get offended too if he doesn't like my idea. I think my favorite line is, "You never like my ideas." 
<laughs> so how do you agree? What if like he thinks that like we you really should say this and you don't want to say it or something? Like how do you I, Here's the thing. That? I will mostly try anything okay. and see how it like fits. If he's if he stops me mid, you know, mid take or whatever, it's like try it like this. I will mostly try it. And then I can kind of tell immediately if it's going to work. And like since we work with humor and like political humor and it is more like biting and timely and, and topical, like we we say a lot of you know we we go there you know but sometimes you gotta you just gotta dial it back and he likes to go there more than I do I think it's because I'm the person on camera and if someone's gonna get it's upset easier, yeah. yes it's easier for people to get mad at me so he can be like just say this and I'll be like uh you say that <laughs> you know but I will honestly like I'll try just about anything that he that he says and we we really do trust each other I trust him with my life you know I married him but I also trust him in this too and his instincts are really really good but at the end of the day like we did have to come to an agreement early on like this is my face like if someone's going to get offended like at someone it's going to be me it's never going to be you unfortunately so I do get a little a little more weighted in that but like I said like we we've come to like really understand each other in our content and so honestly now we don't quite have that many disagreements we did in the beginning about what we were going to what we were doing and what we we wanted to achieve but now it's a, it's a good flow that's so, great yeah has he ever felt do you think he's ever felt threatened by your ambition no <laughs> yeah, okay. That's good. I'm going to think. I don't, honestly, I don't think so. And I'll bring us back to um, a conversation we had very early on in our relationship. And I really, I mean, communication is key. Like, if you're looking on how to like manage your relationships with your husband, career or not, like, communication is key. And we've had really good communication from the very beginning. But there was one instance um, back in Indiana. And I, as an honor personality, I tend to make more money than he does. And for the majority of our time together. See, this is the part where he's going to be like, mm. <laughs> no, but that's just how it is. Like on-camera personalities make more sometimes than, than producers do. Um, and so for the majority of our time together, I've made more money than him. And so in the beginning, when we were just dating and before we like combined finances, which is a whole other like, you know, conversation, but there was some I don't want to say jealousy, but there was a there's an imbalance, and we had to work through it. Um, and we were young too. I mean, this was our first jobs that we had outside of college. This is the first time in our life we were even making money. So of course, when it came down to spending the money, it was interesting. And we were living together, so splitting the bills. But I was making more, you know. And so we we had a conversation about it, and I was like, he he told me his insecurities about me making more money than him, and I just very bluntly explained you're just going to have to get over it. Like we're a team and I'm never going to do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Like even though we, our finances weren't legally combined at that time, we were sharing a home, we were sharing bills and, you know, all these things. So I was like, I'll always be honest with you. But like, and I, you know, I appreciated his honesty with me too, but you're just going to have to get over this. Like I'm always going to shoot for the stars and you it's not even like you're along for the ride because we're doing this together. But like, this really is a an us thing. It's not a me thing. It's not a you thing. It's an us thing. And since we've had that conversation, and that was, gosh, I mean, almost a decade ago, um, that's really how we've operated. And it doesn't matter what my success is. I mean, he has no, he, he doesn't want to be on camera. So that's a whole different thing. But I think it's in terms of like money is where he like cares about it a little bit more. But no, we've just 
this is an us proposition. It's not a me proposition or a him proposition. And my success is his success and always has been, but now so much more so since we are working together. So if I'm successful, you know, in what I'm doing now, he's a part of that. He's a huge part of that. And we're successful together. What are your, some of your favorite traits or qualities? Of, of him? him? Yeah. About him? Well, his honesty, first of all, like what I just said, like he, I mean, we were in our mid twenties working, you know, and I thought, I think about, I think about this conversation a lot because we just, all the other guys that I ever like dated or what, would they have ever even said that? Or like, even like talking now with my friends who, who have great relationships with their husband, but you know, the money thing is like a huge deal. And, you know, I just, we don't have that, you know, our communication is so good and he, we are so willing to talk to each other about literally anything, like nothing is off limits. And that is a huge, huge quality that I, that I appreciate in him. He brought out in me too. I mean, I'm a talker, but you know, he, it is, it's a little more different when it's your own vulnerabilities, you know, um, his patience. I have zero, I have absolutely none. And he has all of the patience. (laughs) Um, so we fit really, really well together because I always feel like what I'm lacking, he makes up for and, and vice versa. Cause I'm not going to sit here and tell you that his organizational skills are a strong suit of his, (laughs) but Miss OCD over here, you know, (laughs) that's so funny. Didn't you? say because our husbands are so so similar like always losing things he lost his wallet three times in a month yeah I don't like (laughs) who does I I always wonder if he does similar things I'm like how do you function yes I'm like just put it back in the same place right and I always show you would definitely not function without me I was like you could never divorce me because you would literally just walk around like shirtless like you would never be able to function but it it seems like they're so like happy go lucky too. Yeah. I, I'm actually a little jealous, like that it takes. They're just so simple, like oh it's yeah. fine, we'll yeah. figure it out. Where right. I'm like oh my god, I'm the one on the floor, like you know, in a ball, huddled like, up, yeah. rocking what back and do? forth. <laughs> and exactly, ex- that's Lauren too. And what are you gonna do about it? You're gonna sit there and cry, and you're not gonna feel better, you know. But it, it, the fact that he's able to like tell me that and like pick me up off the floor and those types of things, that's a huge quality. Um. And going back to like the ambition thing too, is like, you know, there isn't that competition at all, but like the fact that he has always been so, so, so supportive of my wild and crazy dreams. Like I have the most insane like goals and dreams and he has never once like called me crazy or looked at me different. He was just like, we'll make it work. Yeah. Whatever you want. He is just unabashedly supportive of my work. And that is so rare of a modern guy, I think, Um, which is so sad because modern women these days, like we have such dreams and such goals. And I hear so often from like my girlfriends who maybe don't have as that much support. Like my husband doesn't blink an eye. When I told him a few years ago in our thirties that I wanted to pack up our life in Los Angeles and move to New York city for a job, he was like, okay, we're going to make this work. We're going to do this. Like does that. <laughs> so that is, he's, he's so supportive and, and vice versa too. We've moved across the country for him too. So <laughs> great. So with support, because I think that looks different for everybody. Of course. So for you specifically, how does that support, like what does exactly does it look like? So it sounds like some, some of it is like words of encouragement mm-hmm. and also action. He's willing yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that would be categorized as support to you, like holding space or like literally like is him being there. Or sometimes people, they view support as like 
freedom. Like you do you, babe. That is nice. Yeah. I am not one of those you do you people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I am like, obviously like he goes out with your husband quite a bit and that's like, yeah, I'll see you later, you know, but gosh, I don't even know what that would look like. Like a you do you for like days at a time. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know that that's the most healthy like thing in a relationship. We are so intertwined. Um, good, bad. However, you know, that's just how we are. But, um, I don't like support. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like, you know, actions and stuff like that. But I mean, especially over this past like year, like we really, I don't want to call them therapy sessions because I actually did get a real therapist this year. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes. But, but, you know, for so many years, he has acted as like my therapist and vice versa too. Mm-hmm. Like, especially during the pandemic when things were just so wild and so crazy. And there was for a period of time only, you know, a handful of people you could be around and for a long time, just him. Just one person you could be around in those early days and to have someone just sit here and like roll through all of your craziest fears too. Like the fact that he's like supportive and, you know, yeah, supportive of my dreams is is great. But he's also, I don't want to say supportive of my fears, but he acknowledges my fears and treats them seriously even when, you know, they're not rooted in, they're just, you know, they're, they're normal anxiety so they're not rooted in actual fact, but he treats them seriously. Um, as a therapist would. Um, like, like I said, I'm not sure that that's like healthiest thing, but it is nice. <laughs> yeah. So like what is an example of something he would say if you're having anxiety? Or is he just quiet and like lets you have your – It depends. You know, I, I definitely – He does let me have my thing. I, I prefer it better when he like talks, you know, through things. But an example is, I mean, yeah, like there's been plenty of times where I have been like, you know, on the kitchen floor just – upset about whatever it is the world is falling apart and he just like gently says like first of all the world is not falling apart (laughs) stop being dramatic Heather how dare you um no but you know and he just he just lets me know that like whatever happens we're going to get through it but we're most importantly going to get through it together like I never have to worry about going through anything alone whether it's you know rational or irrational. If it's just irrational thoughts of anxieties of the world is crashing down, which we had that so many times last year, the world is falling apart. You know, he's here to tell me that that's irrational. Or if something really big happens, like, I mean, we're dealing, we dealt with unemployment. We're still dealing with unemployment, you know, and that's a really tangible fear, you know, and he just lets me know that doesn't matter, doesn't matter what's going to happen. Like, we're going to get through this together. You never have to do anything alone. Oh, so it sounds like you feel safe with him. Extremely. The most safe. safe. The most safe of any person in this planet. Yeah. Have you ever dated anyone or maybe been friends with someone who didn't make you feel safe? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and, in a whole bunch of different ways, too. Not even like physical safeness, but just like emotionally safe um, where you can feel vulnerable and not have it twisted or turned or used against you or blurted out to, you know, another person, especially in the dating world because, you know, you get – you get close to someone and then something happens and they immediately go tell all their friends. You know, like that that ha- that kind of drama happens, but I don't have to worry about that with my husband. I don't have to worry that he's going to go blab to your husband about my <laughs> irrational fears, <laughs> which is good. I think you should be able to have a safe space and yes. one that's one that's unique to you, you know, yes. especially um, in this modern world where you, there's just so many things and 
I mean, every it's so hard to have a private life anyway, but to be able to know that you do have that within your own space. And after 11 years, I'd be a little bit concerned if uh, he was blabbing things out. But no, when you're like dating someone, it's completely different. The boundaries aren't necessarily set. And I, I definitely never felt any more safe than him. And it was like truly instant, like from day one, just this, this safeness with him. Did you know when you were that young, kind of like what you wanted in a relationship or did you kind of figure it out? Oh, no, I had no idea. Um, Going back to like my Southern roots, I, you know, grew up thinking I I wanted, you know, tall, dark, handsome. I grew up in church. So someone, I mean, my my parents' dream for me was to marry a pastor, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I thought my, I guess my my view on relationships were a bit skewed because... I only had I had my parents to look up to, and they're still married, and they have a great relationship um, and everything. But I I viewed it all through like the lens of church and and religion, and it wasn't until actually when I met Lauren and, and college helped a, a bit with that too. But you know, realizing that there's other options, and especially especially like getting out of that old like Southern worldview of like a woman's role and a woman's place, because that skewed my idea of what a relationship should be too. You know, the more traditional mindset of the man is the breadwinner, which we already went over. Uh, That's not the case in my relationship, you know, and the woman is the person who stays home with kids or, you know, at least as the main caretaker of the kids, whether she's in or out of the home um, for the majority of the time don't have kids, you know, so I didn't fall into that category either. But it really did take, um, I had to meet him and realize that like other guys outside of the South existed because it's not even just women who want these things in the South either. It's, it's the men and it's the the entire culture. Um, you know, we, you asked a question a minute ago about if, if he ever felt, um, um, stifled or, um, jealous of my ambition or what's, what's, I'm thinking of a word. Eh, I can't think of the word. Um, but yeah, like just, you know, how he felt of my ambition. And I, I've been with plenty of guys who did feel threatened. That's the word I'm looking for. Threatened. Thank you. Who did feel threatened by my ambition and didn't want me to succeed because of their own fears of how, what they could amount to. And yeah, I didn't realize that like those types of men even existed until I met Lauren, someone who could just, yeah. Yeah, let's let's go for your dreams and not focus on just my dreams too. So I had no idea that A, that those people existed or B, that I even wanted it until it was presented to me. And like we grew in our relationship too um, over time. So it was not an overnight thing. He had great qualities, but like our relationship took time and effort and, you know, it's all it's all been going in the great path. But I just, I knew something was different from him than the other guys that I had dated pretty immediately. And because you've been together so long and because you met really young, did you ever break up at any point or have, yes. have like a self-reflection yes period? No. <laughs> <laughs> so when I met Lauren, I was in Los Angeles for six months and I was in my senior year of college. I took six months off, a semester off and the summer to come out and work for Larry King. So I had to go back and finish school. And I had met this guy and we had a great like three, four months together as basically, it was like one of those romance like novels or like rom-com movies where the guy or the girl swoops into town, you have a whirlwind relationship and, and then, you know, whatever. I literally hopped on a plane and went back home and he dropped me off at the airport and we talked and, you know, I didn't know this guy that much, four months, 
four months and we dated there was no like friendship period before that we immediately just started dating which I don't really recommend yeah. but I did it <laughs> I was well I also was thinking this is a flash in the pan like I'm going to say yes to experiences I'm not going to focus so much that's another thing in the south too is like especially in religion is you're not really supposed to like date unless you intend to like marry a person so I guarded myself so much in college and in high school and like in my early 20s about I can't date you because I can't see myself marrying you, you know, but with Lauren, I was like, well, I don't care. Like I'm, I have no intention of marrying you. I have no intention of doing anything but having a good time, in, you know, in my call, my last year of college. And so when he dropped me off at the airport, we did, we said goodbye. And it was like, you know, well, I'm 3000 miles away. This was again before you know, we had email and text, but like before social media was really big. And that was that. And I, it was, well, it was supposed to be that. And I called him that night because, <laughs> <laughs> because um, my flight had been delayed and I was stressed and very sad, obviously. And um, I called him that night and I was just crying, like sitting on the airport floor. I'm always sitting on the floor crying <laughs> oh, from day one with him. Um, no. So I'm sitting on the like terminal floor, like, you know, crying because my flight is delayed and I have to wait a few hours. And And he was just so... Like he was also sad too, but just so sympathetic on with me on the phone. And I was like, why are you calling this guy? You guys broke up like six hours ago. What are you doing? And he said, he said something. I don't think I've ever shared this story, but he was like, I could see that he was like also sad too, just very sympathetic, empathetic. And I was like, well, what's the matter? He goes, I just feel sad that my baby's sad and I'm not there to like help you. And I was like, oh yeah, I can't let this guy go. <laughs> So sweet. Yeah. And then like long story short, he ended up moving to Florida because I had another year of college mm -hmm. and we just couldn't be apart for a year. And yeah, he moved to Florida. Everybody thought it was crazy. Every single person in our life said that this was a dumb idea. Looking back, it was a dumb idea. Eh, but it worked out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. When I look at you guys together, I can see a strong friendship base. Yes. He is my best friend. And so I, it's funny because, like I said, like we did not have a friendship period before we started dating, but he is my best friend. And we – I don't want to say we're friends first or – but I guess now – I guess now we are like friends first because like you think about relationships and there's obviously like the romance involved in that. Dude, after a decade together – Romance is not the <laughs> forefront of our life. It becomes more practical. It, it does. It does. Which is not even a bad thing. Like I'm yeah. not. I'm not sitting here like, oh, I wish my sex life was. Uh, <laughs> it's not like that. Like, and we have always, always, always said that about like our relationship. It it never has leaned on like the romance side anyway, and so like our friendship is is I. The thing that keeps us going, I guess. But I could never. We 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 joke sometimes about like getting divorced, and I was like, I could never. I can't. Like, I, and also joking about like him functioning without me. I can't function without him either. <laughs> I couldn't function six hours. Oh, <laughs> you know, so cute. Is it? Is it? it or is it creepy? <laughs> no, it's it's really sweet. I really like. I I'm personally drawn to dynamic, like yeah. playful dynamics, and when they're friends too. Because mm -hmm. I photographed weddings for over 15 mm -hmm. years, and I would you know kind of observe you know, observe the couples and the ones that were super playful, and you could just tell there was like 
quiet comfort when they were together yeah. and you could just tell they were best friends yeah. those were my favorite yeah so I put that in my mental peak being like I want you need to have like, a best friend no honestly like it is truly important because it doesn't matter what anybody tells you the romance is, is not going to be there forever no <laughs> it's, it's not that is the reality of it is the reality and especially changes term relationships yes. I'm talking about 11 years which is yeah. wild which is more than a third of my life yes. at this point yes that's weird it's not going to be sexy time every night. It's, it's just not. Yeah, it, it changes. <laughs> and there's little things you can do to of nurture, course. like, you know, um, like novelty and things like yes. that. But it is different. So if you are expecting the butterflies, like, movie thing, like, uh -uh. it's going to be, you're going to be in short-term relationships at forever. This, at this, that is very true. But at this point, too, like, I still occasionally get the butterflies, which is also, like, you know, great, lovely, and yeah. it reminds me that I am still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it makes I it, feel something. I know, I do, I do. <laughs> Jeez, after this year feeling uh, anything, yeah. right? Uh, this past year. Um, no, but I, it does make it like that much sweeter. And it does like, because you do get those moments where you're like, oh, it wasn't what it was 10 years ago. Of course not. But then when I do have those like moments, I'm like, yeah. Like it's it honestly is like sweeter. It, it does make it sweeter. Awesome. So for all the women listening, what – is the top piece of advice you would give for a high-performing, ambitious woman if she wants to create a relationship, she wants a partner to come into her life? What are It doesn't have to be one, maybe yeah. a few things too. What advice would you give them? I think first and foremost, like never settle um, for a guy. And I was guilty of that for many years of my life. Um, and I didn't know that Lauren was going to be so supportive. Like that was like a happy surprise afterwards. And obviously like when I realized that you, you, you reel them in, you keep them, you know, but, but there were signs that, cause I came out here for, um, you know, for the internship and I was always looking for gigs to do. And he would all, he would drive me to auditions or help me, you know, read over my resume or whatever it was. And, and even before we really, really started working together, he would review my content and give me advice and like those little things like mean so so much like someone who's engaged in your success even if it's not a part of that now it's like a huge part of our life together and our story together but he was so supportive even when it wasn't and it didn't even have to be anything big just like proofread this for me or something like that like those take note of those little things that he does um, but then also take note of the big things that he does too um, for an ambitious woman it's just like I, I look to Lauren for support in him in so many ways, especially with my career, because again, like I took such a different path than my whole family, mm -hmm. than my whole culture where I grew up. And I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say that like I'm the only woman of like my, my friends or whatever who are successful. That's not the case at all. But I took a much more public, much more different path. I am starting to be one of the only people of my friends who doesn't have kids or, you know, who doesn't think about, you know, who's not even like thinking about that or on that path at this very, very moment. Um, so it is, it does get a little lonely. And, you know, to be, to watch everybody else, like think of success differently than you make sure that he views your success the same way that you do. Cause success means, like you said, so many different things. And as long as you guys, your guys' success means the same thing, I think that's perfect. Like success to my, to other people could mean the home and the kids and the family and you know, whatever that is, it's not the same way it means to me. And we have to be on the same page on that. So I think that's hold on to that one as well.
Oh, that's fantastic advice. Is it? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's it, it's fantastic. I mean, people. The I I think the best people to ask for advice just is the people who have what you want, or they're already there. You've been right. met together for over eleven years, mm-hmm. you know. So I, you've been through highs, lows, and all that. So mm-hmm. I do I I do think it's the best advice. And also sometimes also some people who are divorced, I think give the best advice to you because right. you made the mistakes and you get exactly. a lot more clear on what um, is needed to create. You know, oh, exactly. And it's want. there's like this common misconception too that like because I've been together with him for so long and like I'm only – I'm in my early 30s for a little while longer. Oh, my no. gosh. Heather, stop. Just wait. Wait till you – Wait until you hit your <laughs> mid thirties. That's when your face starts to change, and then you start. Then I feel you like come it already has. I feel like twenty twenty did a number. I've I, aged <laughs> so much, and Lauren too. Like he aged so much during the pandemic, and he's he's in his uh, mid thirties, I guess. But it is it is like you know I have I have like two groups of friends at this point. I think it's so funny to like you know think about age and like as we all like are going through life together and like what I viewed in my early 20s and what I view in my early 30s the my vision of success and like all these things it changes which is really fun actually but it's I have like two groups of friends at this point like the full-on married with children like dealing with that and then I have like the early 30s dating like friends or whatever I don't even really have like much of a middle, <laughs> like, you know, like you're one of my very few friends that actually doesn't have children either, you know? Yeah. And so like, it's interesting. There's a, there's a common misconception that because I've been with this person for a third of my life that, you know, we have a successful relationship that I've got it all figured out. No, 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 not at all. And that like our life is perfect and that there have never been like these, these low points too. There's been plenty of them plenty. Um, and so like, just because we've worked it out doesn't mean that we haven't also been there too, you know? And I think that people are like, Oh, you're such a success because you've been with this person for a long time and it's really successful. And like, yes, we are a success, but I'm not even measuring my success on how long we've had a successful marriage, successful, meaning we're not divorced. Like it could still be a hugely successful marriage and also end up in divorce. I'm not wishing that, (laughs) but you know, like, I don't think I don't even view divorce as even a failure either and like seeing seeing is like I mean we've been together 11 years now and seeing how we have changed over the last 11 years together that's the big thing too is like we're changing together which I think is that's also going to make our marriage last longer it's like we're completely different people than we were um, five years ago certainly 10 years ago two years ago with this pandemic (laughs) you know it's all but we we are ebbing and flowing and changing together and I think you have to be open to that and we've talked about we've talked about divorce too like you know if what what that would mean and what it would mean to our friendship and stuff like that because we are friends first and you know and I don't I don't look at divorce as a failure especially if you're completely it is unrealistic to think that two people are going to be exactly the same as they were in their mid twenties when they got married. That's ridiculous, you know, and we've decided to change together and accept each other, but it doesn't always work out. And who knows? (laughs) Absolutely. No, that's what it is. The most you can do is be honest. Yes. You know, live your truth, communicate that with your partner, Mm -hmm. and then Hopefully you grow together, but sometimes the other person's truth might not line up with yours. And it, it's Completely. Ve- when that happens, it's very disappointing, but that's the truth, you know, right. it, and that's okay. It's the reality. And like, I don't think you always have to 
like I've, I've again I've been like really fortunate and that's this is part of Lauren and I's relationship I don't know I, I'm gonna take that back I don't think I'm fortunate we work on this this isn't a luck this isn't like some luck thing that we just have great communication it's not <laughs> like I mean it's lucky that we were both open to it but we developed you know this communication over the last 11 years but honestly it's it is something you have to you have to work on and you have to keep it up every day in constant communication. And we talk about, you know, different challenges that could come up in life and we face them together and being supportive of each other's high moments. We talk about how he was so supportive of my success. He's also super supportive of my failures, (laughs) you know, and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. You have to choose someone who can withstand those lows. Anybody can stick around. Oh, yeah. That's the easy part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Has it already sure. been an hour? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so if people would like to yeah. see your work and get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm on all the social media, way too many social media <laughs> channels um, at Heather G TV. And that's where you can find all the work and you see my shiny little face, but just know that there is my husband behind me writing all those scripts. <laughs> Lovely Lauren. Supportive Lauren. Supportive Lauren. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.